Welcome to Better Angels, the podcast for women creating change. I'm Susan Ferry Price, and each week I have a conversation with an entrepreneur, activist, investor, or other visionary woman who's helping make our world a little bit better. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is sponsored by Astonish Media Group. Storytelling is an art form that every brand needs, and Astonish knows how to craft a unique story and deliver it in a way that really resonates with journalists. Visit astonishmediagroup.com, and Better Angels listeners can email Paula at Astonish Media Group for a complimentary 30-minute consultation. I'll have links in the show notes. Ever think about where all those empty toothpaste tubes wind up? Lindsay McCormick did. And when she found out that about a billion of them were dumped into landfills each year, she did something about it. After experimenting at home with natural ingredients and learning about chemistry, Lindsay created the first toothpaste tablets. In 2018, she officially launched Bite, which went on to become a cult favorite brand with a line of sustainable oral care products, including mouthwash, toothbrushes, and the first sustainable whitening gel. Just last month, Lindsay launched another first, a plastic-free deodorant with compostable refills. Byte may be expanding into personal care, but it's not changing its clever name. Byte now stands for Because It's the Earth. Here's Lindsay. You know, I had always been passionate about the environment. I mean, even when I was a little kid, um, you know, I I actually, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, actually they still have them now, but when I would, I would ask for like my parents to adopt like a whale or like a dolphin for my birthday, like in my name, instead of like gifts, like I've always just been obsessed with, with the environment and protecting it. Um, I've been, I'm a long time, uh, like vegetarian at first when I was a kid, then and vegan and just, you know, it's always been something that's really been on my radar. And I actually was a surf instructor here in Los Angeles and I was out on my surfboard every day and kind of seeing the like more and more plastic trash kind of washing up on my board here in Malibu. And I was like, you know, that kind of was something that was upsetting to me, but I didn't quite make the connection in my daily life. Right. And so then, um, after being a surf instructor, I actually got into television and I was working as a TV producer and I was flying all around the country for, to shoot, to like for filming. And I was going and everything was carry on only. And I was going through those little toothpaste tubes and, you know, I had known, you know, here I am like, you know, back in LA, like recycling and, you know, trying to, you know, use sustainable products. Like I had been using natural products as, as well. Um, but they were all, they were packed in plastic. I mean, this was back in 2017. And so it, the refillable formats weren't a thing. Like, you know, so I had my, um, you know, little squeeze bottle shampoo that I would just keep on refilling for my, my shoots. But I was tossing out the the toothpaste tube every single time. And I was like, this feels so wasteful, right? Like I kind of had figured everything else out, but I was tossing this and there was no way that I could refill it. I I tried. And I was like, this isn't going to work. So I started looking into alternatives. Once I started looking into, you know, I had been using natural toothpaste and um, I started looking into the ingredients and I was like, oh my gosh, like even in these natural toothpaste, there are things like sodium lauryl sulfate, right? Which I hadn't used in my shampoo for 
over a year, you know? So I was like, I'm, I'm eating, I'm putting something in my mouth that I'm not even using on my scalp, you know? And I was kind of like, what, why, why didn't I even think to look at the back of a toothpaste tube? And so it was from there that I started really researching, like, what is toothpaste? What's in it? Why do we need it? I started talking to dentists, dental hygienists. And then, um, I actually started taking online chemistry courses. So I was like, I need to really figure this out. I, I tried a bunch of different ways to try to make a refillable toothpaste situation um, that didn't work. And again, this was like my hobby. I was doing it at night after work. So, you know, it was kind of like after dinner, uh, tinkering in the kitchen. And um, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to have to buy a tablet machine. Like if I, if I want to make these things, like I had first tried to use a pastry bag and I tried to like mix like these, you know, really good powders for that are good for your teeth, like with a coconut oil base being like, maybe I could like pipe this out into little tiny balls and like dry that and and use that as a, you know, refill it with glass in a glass jar. Didn't, didn't work. And so I was like, okay, I think I need to buy a, uh, a tableting machine. And it was really expensive for me at the time. And, um, but I did it and I started putting the powder. Uh, it was a xylitol, erythritol, dicalcium phosphate at the time base. Um, and then putting that together into a, into like a powder that with some peppermint oil and then making that into the tablet. So that's kind of how it all started. And it was like, it kind of became, you know, um, something where, I was wondering, you know, it it seemed wasteful and, you know, and then not so healthy and then kind of became an obsession of like, okay, how can I make this better? And how can I make this uh, something that I could use and that my friends could use who are also in TV, also traveling, also passionate about the planet. It's funny how it happened when you were traveling, because then when you get out of your usual routine and you're sort of focused on all the all the junk you're carrying. Right. Right. Yeah. It it breaks, it breaks the autopilot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, let me just interject that I'm insanely jealous that you grew up where you did. I'm new to California and I'm completely obsessed. (laughs) Oh, um, Oh, it's the best. I'm always fascinated when someone has an idea and then goes out, as you said, and learns the chemistry behind it. What are, what are the first steps that you take. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great, great question. Right. And it was, it was, it's like figuring it out as you go along. And that really doesn't change. I mean, here I am now, we're still figuring it out as we go along. Uh, you know, but back then when I was first starting, it was okay. You know, I'm spending time like DMing with dentists on Facebook, you know, my friends who are dentists and, um, you know, spending time on Reddit threads, looking up how to make tablets and, and how to do these things. I actually was like, I had to look up like how to make tablets. Well, like when you look up online, the only information that I could find was like big, like pharmaceutical tablet manufacturers, right? They're making like hundreds of thousands, like every hour. And I was just like, wait, this is not helpful. So I was like, how, like, who is making tablets in their living room? And I was like, okay, so, uh, drug dealers are making tablets in their living room. And so I was literally spending time on Reddit threads, looking up like how to make drugs because that they were, it's like, literally you have to have a binder and you have to put these things and then you put it together and they're, and they're they're using the same, yeah, using the same machines as mine. Um, and so, and I actually, I had to get vetted by the DEA when I even bought my machine, because that's like, they're very strict about these machines. And there's so much trial and error, you know? So when I was looking at, um, the ingredients that I needed, luckily they were all, they were all 
they're natural, right? So it's xylitol, erythritol. You can get that at Whole Foods. There was actually a Whole Foods uh, down the street from where I live. So I was going there on a regular basis, experimenting with different things that they had there. And then the rest of them, I, I was able to get off Amazon and um, and then chemistry connection doc, with like a chemistry connection website for some of the surfactants. So the surfactant is the foaming agent. So that's a little bit harder to find. Um, but it was basically just going online and Googling it. You know, it's like where, like how to, where to buy sodium cocal isothene and being like, okay, here are all these different, you know, soap making websites. Oh, but that's not for, you know, I can't use this. You can't use this in your mouth. Okay. I need to find one that's food safe. And, you know, so that's kind of how it all, it just, it's like one Google search to the next, uh, until you finally start, start finding it. And it's definitely, um, you know, when I tell, tell people when they're starting a business, it, it feels, it will always kind of feel like you're not on super steady ground because the whole thing about having a business and doing something new is that it, you know, you haven't, you haven't done it before. And so, you know, it does feel very, um, you know, unsteady, but that it means that you're doing something that people haven't, that someone hasn't done before. And that's a good thing. Right. Exactly. It's almost, it's positive proof, but I'm sure very stressful in the moment. (laughs) Yes. So, so when did you sort of realize, okay, this can be a real company? So it was, we had a pretty unique situation. So I had, um, started making it and I was making it in my living room, you know, like literally getting, getting the labels done in a printer by my, my work and then hand labeling these things and making the tablets in my living room and selling it on Etsy. And I had a small Shopify site and the Shopify site had, you know, it was like, iPhone photos. Right. And my, luckily my, my boyfriend, his background is design and he had made our, uh, like my, uh, label and then made the website look like professional. And so we were, we were selling just right there. And I actually, it was like the beginning kind of, of the, the, of like the vegan and zero waste movements kind of both beginning to bubble up. And because I had been living a low waste lifestyle and because I was a vegan, um, I was, I already knew these communities. Right. So when I started posting about it on my Instagram and I had some friends who were, you know, uh, in the, in those communities as well, they started posting it on their Instagram. And so it started kind of bubbling up in this super, in these super small niche kind of pockets of the internet. And it was from there, we actually had a video that just went really crazy viral on Facebook. And that was the beginning of really launching the company is that once we had that video go out, it had about 2 million views within the first, um, like, 2 million views within the first like three days of going up. And then, um, it just kept on going. And so that really launched our company. I had done $6,000 in sales before that. And I did $200,000 in sales that first week and a half. And so it was like, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I need business insurance. (laughs) I I need a manufacturer. Um, I, there's, you know, we, we, we had sold the product cause I was like, I kept on telling myself I can make this, I can do this. And then I was just like, Oh my gosh, no, we can't, we need a manufacturer. We need it. We need to actually grow up as a business and do this. So, um, we ended up going into an out of stock situation for two months and, um, or actually three months and just kind of catching up and building after that. So that's when I realized like, Whoa, wow, we have a business here. Um, it wasn't until we had kind of this video that just went crazy. Wow. That, that's a great story. And it, it is the rapid scaling is pretty frightening. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, you know, 
you feel like you have this little kind of baby bird of a company. You know, I, I had started in 2017 and it was just this little tiny, like cute baby bird that I was feeding and I loved very much. And then all of a sudden it's like the, the baby bird like grew into this like gigantic pterodactyl. It's like just like ferocious that I'm just trying to like rein in. Um, and like so thankful and like love it, but like wow, wasn't expecting this little tiny creature to be this thing. So yeah, it was it was definitely um intense. I'm not surprised that your partner is a, has a design background because one of the things that is so great about your brand, like the design, the design is great. Thank you. Yeah. He, um, he loves it. And one thing that we, like, he just loves design and doing it. It's something that his, it's like beyond his profession. It's, you know, it's his obsession. And, um, it's something that was really important to us, especially because I had, use so many natural eco-friendly products before that I always felt like there was such a compromise, mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, okay. Like, it, you know, it doesn't taste as good or it's not, it doesn't look as good or, you know, and so for, for this, it was like, I really wanted it to be something that you didn't feel like you were compromising on that. It felt like you wanted it to be part of your life, whether or not you were trying to be more sustainable or more helpful. Statistic on your website that, that sort of sums up why this product is needed to me was yeah. toothpaste mm -hmm. tubes thrown out every year. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's, it's, it's, it's so much. And, you know, the thing about toothpaste tubes too, it's a mixed material. Um, it's, it's virtually impossible to recycle and it's like, it's a thick plastic, you know, it's like, that's, that's kind of the whole, the realization for this, the company you know, to do this in the beginning. Um, I was just like, this is like a piece of plastic that is meant to, it feels like it's meant to last forever. You know, it's so thick. It um, and so, and it does last forever, I guess, you know? And so then when I started researching and seeing that and the, the, one billion statistic is, I mean, that's like our, like, that's the, the estimate that we could find. And it's very conservative. Um, and it's just, it's so like, it's such, it's a, it's smaller number than, than the actual, um, amount, you know, and it's just, it's so, um, it's so interesting that it's, we just don't, think to question these mm -hmm. kind of things, you know, until you see that number and you're like, wait. And so then, you know, no. And also that, you know, even translating that into something that like my brain can even wrap, wrap it around a little better is it's the mass of 50 empire state buildings every single year. So like 50, you know, New York city <laughs> empire state buildings, just sitting in a landfill that are just, just toothpaste tubes. Um, and that's one year. And so it really starts to, it really does add up and really does make a difference. And, you know, there is no such thing as a way when it comes to trash and, um, there it's, you know, it's going somewhere and we're all on the same planet. So yeah, it's, uh, when you start looking at those kind of things, it's, it's very, um, sobering. One of the other things besides, you know, design challenges through the years, maybe, um, socially conscious products have had is, storytelling because mm -hmm. sometimes they're, you know, most founders are very focused on their mission and their passion, which is great. But then, then consumers are like, well, does this work? Or, you know, is it overpriced and all those other factors? So how did your story sort of come together and what do you feel people are resonating with? Yeah, I think, you know, from the very beginning, um, we've had a relationship with our customer that's just incredibly transparent, which I feel like is kind of a word that's now thrown around all over the place. It's like sustainable. It's like, oh my God, if we're using it so much, it's losing the meaning. But, you know, that's something that's been so important to where if customers ask a question, like I 
every you know decision that we're making from the materials that we're using to the ingredients and and even like why our product costs the way it does when they ask us that on social media like we give a long answer explaining why you know so when if it's someone who's asking you know like why does this cost more we break down like well this is what the raw materials you know would be for a traditional toothpaste versus ours and we use glass and not plastic and we are made in the US where we pay you know living wages as opposed to overseas you know and so we kind of break down everything so it makes it makes sense because what we're you know something that's so important to me like I didn't I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. You know, I, I wanted to make a product that I thought was better for the planet and then kind of found myself in this role. And so I, I am a customer, you know, I, this is a product that I use. It's a product that I would be buying from someone else if I wasn't making it, making it myself. And so it's, you know, it's basically just treating them the way that I would want to be treated and, and explaining why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, and if they ask us questions that we don't know the answer to finding the answer and getting back to them, you know, and I think that because of that, what happens is that you end up with customers that are so um, just kind of pleased with the fact that a brand is being that transparent that they end up being your biggest advocates, you know? And so sometimes our most like curious and inquisitive and like, you know, really, especially when you're an eco-friendly company, you get customers who want to know everything. And, you know, it's like, if you can serve them the way that they deserve to be served, they will then be megaphones online for you and or megaphones in real life for you as well. And so that's always been something from the very beginning we've just done. Cause I think it's, it's a good way to, to do or to be to do in business. And, um, and that's really helped, you know? And so I even see on some of our, you know, Instagram posts and our ads, people will be asking questions and we'll have customers uh, uh, responding to them. It's like not even our social media person is just a customer who's like, oh, this is what they said and this is why. And here's a blog post on it that they wrote. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's so awesome. So yeah, it's um that's something that we've, you know, we are a more expensive product. We do use ingredients that are, you know, not as standard as, you know, in what we're all used to. And we've, we've done a lot of unconventional things and um, it's through kind of the education and transparency that we've um, we've been able to kind of just keep the story, like keep it all digestible for people. We all know by now the incredibly depressing and tiresome statistics about how little funding female entrepreneurs receive. It's uh, just a little more than 2% of venture capital funds going to them last year, which is actually less than it was 10 years ago. So here you are, a female founder with a great idea, and you've turned down investors, uh, including no less than Mark Cuban. What was going on there? Um, yeah, so it's uh, not every not every day that you turn down Mark Cuban, uh, and I I, can't, I still when I look back, I'm like I still can't believe I did that. Um, but it was you know it was Shark Tank, and so for us, you know, I I it is so it's. It's very depressing and like uh, unfair, which I feel like is such a basic word, but the fact that it is still so hard for for women to get or for females to get funding. Um, And for us, I think because it was something where you know, I started, we've, we've been profitable since I started in the living room, simply because I had to be, um, like it was, you know, runoff of savings. So, um, when we kind of started and then started growing, it was just something where we've always maintained profitability and it was, you know, I had never thought about having investors. I was never really interested in having investors. And then going on Shark Tank, we came in there with a deal with a 
with a de- yeah a deal that was very uh, fair um, to what the valuation would be, and, and it was even like sharky fair, so it was like very fair. <laughs> and I knew kind of in the background, like I had you know working in TV before, I was like things are going to get wild, and I'm going to feel very very pressured because um, that's I just you know the lights are on you, the cameras are on you, and so Asher and I had really decided beforehand like this is you know what our absolute max would be, and if if we couldn't get it, um, then we'd have to turn it down. And so we had gone back and forth. It was actually Mark and Kevin who both made the offer and we had gone back and forth to the point where I was like, we're not there. We haven't gotten there. So as much as I wanted to just be like, just say, do it, just just do it. It's Mark Cuban. You know, I was like, no, I have to, I have to go with what we had, you know, like kind of, we had made this decision in a, when we were like feeling sane and calm in our apartment, you know, like weeks before. So I was like, I can't just throw it all away or like, because the camera saw me. Um, so then had to said no. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was a business decision. It, it was, it was definitely looking back, like it would have been a, like really good deal to Mark. I mean, he doesn't care. He's a billionaire. So he doesn't really care. But like, we were like, it was, it was, a, it was, um, we, you know, went in there with something that we needed to, that we wanted to entice them with. And so when we couldn't kind of get to where we needed to be, it, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. But, and then since then it's kind of been, you know, a lot of, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, for each business, there's, there's different things that they need and some need, some need more money, some need, you know, more time or people, or, you know, for us, it's money has not been, um, a problem. And that's because we want to grow the brand in a very sustainable way. Um, and not just like eco-friendly, but also like business wise, we, we don't want to turn the balance sheet upside down. We don't want to go into debt. We want to just continue to grow, um, you know, like in a, in a way that is, even if it's like slightly th- throttled, which I don't think we're throttled, but we don't, we don't want to just kind of like irresponsibly grow. And I think that a lot of times when you, um, when you raise money, you're kind of pressured to have this growth at all costs mentality, um, which doesn't align. It doesn't align with my idea of what good business is. And it also doesn't align with my idea of like, of sustainability, you know, and, and like, kind of like what, what's important to me and, you know, how I, I do want to be able to grow this in a very, um, conscious way. And so I think, you know, cause we, we haven't needed investors going to keep going with that for as long as we can, you know? So, so yeah, but I think every business is different for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But also, that has been a trap, a trap yeah. for many entrepreneurs through the years. It all sounds great, but A, they're losing so much control and and many other reasons. They grow too fast. They make bad decisions. You know, there's a lot of reasons why the path you're taking, as you say, might keep your company going stronger <laughs> over the years. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we can make our own decisions, um, the way that we need to, without having to, um, you know, kind of appease investors, which I think is really important as well. Um, you know, we had gone palm oil free, um, back like a year and a half ago and it really like killed our margins for a little bit and like cause it like, like wreaked havoc, like the whole company, like we had to, it was reformulating. It was incredibly expensive. It really messed with our margins. It was a really like, it was a really scary thing to do in a business sense, but like, I knew it was the right thing to do from a like ethical, personal 
sense. Like it was just, I didn't want to be contributing to, you know, the deforestation. And so it was something that I was like, I'm going to do this, whether it makes business sense or not. And it was like, if, if we had investors, like, I don't know, they probably would have like been like, this girl should not be a CEO. Uh, but you know, it ended up being 100% the right choice. We ended up, you know, having, you know, our customers rewarded us for that. We've, we've grown exponentially since then. And being palm oil free is now like a huge uh, reason people buy our product. And so it's kind of like, I don't want to have to kind of try to persuade people who maybe don't think the same way as I do um, when I'm making choices like that. So, right. That's really a perfect example of that. And especially, as you say, in, in an eco-friendly company, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have to stick to your vision or you're going to wind up alienating people. Have you had to shift anything around during the pandemic? Has that had any kind of impact on your business, your supply chain or yeah. So we, we've been very lucky, you know, in considering the circumstances, especially, uh, just because the fact that we've always been made in the U S so we're made right here in California, like up the street from, from where, you know, I live. So although, you know, I used to be, I mean, at the manufacturers uh, on a very regular basis, <laughs> um, just, you know, checking in saying, hi, uh, obviously that has not been the case this year. So, um, you know, we, and because of that, you know, delayed a few products because normally it's just easier sometimes to get things done faster in person. Um, but I think that's okay. It was, it's totally okay because what it ended up doing, you know, I think with more people shopping online and more people thinking about their health and kind of understanding how this is all connected. Um, you know, we've, we've grown, uh, uh, a lot in during the pandemic. And I think it's directly because of the fact that people are questioning more like what they're putting in their bodies and what the impact is on the planet. And we're kind of like here as this, um, this option for them. So, um, and then also with more people shopping online, I mean, people who had never put their credit card in, in a website before are, have done that, you know, multiple times this year. And I think that that was something, um, that really kind of carried people over that bridge as well. Yeah, that's true. We're all sort of used to it now We're and do it automatically without thinking no resistance anymore to that. Yeah, <laughs> all exactly. <full> that. <laughs> yeah. We've all become online shopping pros. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> um, but you know, it's also interesting that makes me think about, you know, how our habits are kind of changing during this time too. There's like a really refreshing um, new voice in the zero waste movement of being like, you don't have to be perfect. You know, it is about making those small changes. And, you know, for me, um, I, I like, I'm not perfect either. You know, I, I try, I try my best. Um, but I mean, and here we are, I mean, in the, I mean, in the pandemic, I mean, come on, if you, even if you were doing a really good job before that, there's just no, you know, like there's just no way. So I think that that was, um, a, a big wake up call, especially for the, it just, for us all just kind of being way more understanding and forgiving of each other. Um, and I think, you know, the, what I, the advice that I give is do what you can and focus on what makes you happy in that. And the way, the reason I say that is because if you feel like you're, um, you know, giving up these things that you really, that you really want, like when you look at the, like the you know entirety of someone's life, there are so many opportunities to be more sustainable. So choose the ones that are not going to negatively impact your life. So for someone like me, I'm not so into fashion. I never have been. And like, I, I love that some people are, but for me, it's really easy for me to just kind of not want to buy new clothes. Like it's never been something that I've been really into. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, only buy clothes that I need. I'm going to have a very, um, you know, uh, 
organized capsule wardrobe. I'm going to try to buy things off of Trade Z, uh, which is a secondhand website, or um, you know, uh, what's the other one called? Thread Up. Yeah. And I'm going to you know try to do those things, and and that's something that I try to do, you know. And that's because, but if I was someone who was really into fashion or like and really into that, then it's like okay, maybe a good place for that person would be like maybe they want to try shampoo bars, you know, or like you know um, trying to do things like that. And so I think it's kind of figuring out where in your life you can kind of, um, you know, give yourself the, where it feels right to be sustainable and try to go at that. And I think, you know, there are some things that are, that I think are super easy. Obviously I think toothpaste cause like it's, you know, that's a, but also like switching to bamboo toilet paper is like a pretty, there are some really great brands out there that, um, feel just the same as, um, as, tree toilet paper. Um, and bamboo is a really good, like a alternative because you're not cutting down trees. Bamboo is, bamboo is a, a grass. Um, so some things that are kind of like just really easy, um, that can be in anybody's life. Another really great one that I've done, um, that I just really love is I swapped out all of our, um, napkins and paper towels. And instead we just use, um, you know, we have cloth napkins and then we have rags that we use for paper towels. And I just throw it in with the towels once a week. And it really, it's just been something that I don't even think about. And I, like, we don't have to, it's actually even less like drama than dealing with like running out of napkins or running out of, you know, paper towels. It's like, no, we always have them. Like there's something there's, you know, they're here. Um, and so I think, you know, it's looking at the easy wins, um, that you can swap out that don't negative, negatively impact your life. And then looking at, you know, some things that seem like fun. Instead. Right. Cause then you're not feeling like you're giving something up. You're actually like, Oh, I like this. This is fun. What more can I do? in this process of of building this company pretty quickly, what have you sort of learned about yourself that maybe you really didn't know? Anything that's been surprising? (laughs) Um, It's a great question. I think, you know, I guess the first, the, the first thing that I think is really exciting that I've learned kind of just in general, um, and then I can do myself, it would be like the fact that businesses can be used for good. You know, I didn't really, um, I don't think I saw that before until now that I have this and I'm like, and and I'm seeing all of these businesses, not just ours, but these businesses that are doing really cool things and kind of wielding like their influence and money, um, to really do, do good stuff. I kind of, I was like, you know, I was a surf instructor and, and a, and a TV producer, like, and I wanted to make documentaries, like specifically nature documentaries. And so like, I had always kind of been like corporations, you know, or not great. And you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to now have a new view where being like, Whoa, when we're doing this right, there's a lot of good that can be done. Um, so I think that that's something that was, that's really cool. And then for me personally, um, I don't think I ever thought that I could be so dedicated to something, you know, it's, um, being a founder is an, an, an incredible amount of work. Um, but it doesn't feel like it. And I, I never, I don't think I thought that I had that in me. You can find all of Lindsay's great products at bitetoothpastebits.com and follow her on social. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Visit susanferryprice.com and follow me on Instagram. Know a world-changing woman or brand I should know? Of course you do. Drop me a line at susan at susanferryprice.com. See you next week. 